Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Comic Julia Jeffries. Julia Jeffries, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Yeah, it sounds like somebody's some, yeah somebody's vacuuming your house. That's pretty good. Yeah, got to keep things clean, you know. <laughs> it's the you little got, things. Yeah, you either have a great roommate or some sweet help, let me tell you. <laughs> but yeah, I follow you here. You're on uh, Julia Jeffries with a Z on both Instagram and Twitter. And so is that where you're going to post us on all the shows you got coming up? Like you also co-host Work Night with an E, Work and is that being Zoom, and was it uh, it was in person before? Yeah, so Work Night is a dragon comedy showcase that I co-host with a very close friend of mine um, named B Belize, and nice. we started we started the show in December, January at Branded Saloon in Brooklyn, but have since obviously with everything that's going on, we've taken it virtual. Um, so we do that on Instagram Live. Um, okay. And the next show will be on August 9th. So you should wow. definitely check it out. Yeah. And so it's comedy and drag. And so they can get like, do you, do you have a link and a password for people so you're not getting Zoom bombers and stuff? But I guess it's Instagram Live. Yeah, it's just anyone can join it. So I just encourage oh. people to follow us. Um, and we usually have like a pretty good number of people on there, people sounding off in the comments. Um, yeah. So it's a fun time. Yeah. You got big time comedians. You got uh, former guest Dylan Adler on there, but also people like, you know, Calvin Cato, who's a big name. So you got some big time comics, right? Yeah, try to get yeah. um, mostly queer comics to do the show, um, and really just make it a place to like celebrate queer comedy and drag. Um, and it's usually a really fun time. Oh, good. And then, kind of, what can you can educate somebody like me about queerness? What does it encompass? Is it is it, I know there's a spectrum of gender and there's a spectrum of sexuality. Is queer just somewhere like, you're like, okay, here's where I fall on gender, here's where I fall on sexuality, or is it one or the other? Like, is queer gender strictly gender? Is it strictly sexuality, or is it one or both? One or both, yeah. Okay. I think it's really like, however someone chooses to identify themselves, um, is it can be used in whatever way. I think, like, for me, Personally, um, you know, I identify as queer because of both my sexuality and my gender presentation. And like, I think also important too is like, these things can change over time for different people. And so it's just a term to encompass the fluidity of our sexuality and gender expression. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's like, it's it's an umbrella term for all of these different things for sure. And I suppose some of these things, they, they depend on, like you pretty much like, you know, you, you feel how you feel, right? In certain situations mm -hmm. and it can change via situation and you like who you like depending on the person and you present how you present depending on certain situations. But is some of this just trying to describe it in lingo, like you don't care what it's called until people start calling you something that you're uncomfortable with, right? Like. Like, like, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm somebody who, um, you know, hates the male, bo male body so much that I want to be, I want to, uh, I want to tr transition to a female, present as a male, but only get with women. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that, that has a certain term that I don't really have to figure out unless I'm going to actually go live those truths. And I want people to respect them in how they refer to me, how they treat me, etc. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think like with the term queer specifically, I think, you know, it was once a term that was derogatory. And so it's a way for people who are part of that community, myself included, to reclaim it um, and really make people, I think what's so interesting about it is it can also make people who maybe don't identify with the term question their own identity. um, Because I think that you know, we've all come up under certain social structures and norms without having to question um, our own expression or our own sexuality. And so I think what I love about the term queer, especially when I was like first coming out, is that I think it's really just a term that encourages us to question the norm um and the boxes that like society tries to put us in um yeah yeah because i would think if there's no boxes that society you're putting you in then i would think that lesbian and gay would almost be subsumed in something like queer like if if queer is is two spectrums one gender one sexuality and people can just pick where they fall then and there's no stereotypically masculine or feminine attributes then it could just be under one catch-all. But certain people are like, well, society does put them in boxes, so I want to communicate what I am. You know, exactly. I want to attract, attract the right people to me. I want to let people know that I'm attracted to women. <laughs> and I present as a woman, but I'm attracted to women. And so here is my description so everybody knows if they can date me or not. <laughs> totally, yeah. And I think, like, you're bringing up a good point, which is, like, so much of this is it's both about how people perceive us, but it's also about how we perceive ourselves. And so I think like something that I've certainly struggled with and that I think a lot of queer people struggle with is like, what, like, am I using these terms for myself or am I using them to signal something to other people? And I think, (laughs) and I think like the reality of the situation is that it's like both, right? Like we, we do live in a society that is unfortunately very binary and so like you're saying it is useful to have words that signal to other people how we want to be perceived um but also obviously we need to be comfortable uh, or the ultimate goal is for us to be comfortable with the words that we are using to describe ourselves yeah and some of the stuff gets so specific Mm -hmm. that's like like not all that stuff needs to be signaled in certain environments so let's say you know you know i'm a you know, and, and some of this, there, there's a kernel, there's a kernel in me where there's a kernel of truth here. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, if I, you know, and this is just a kernel and so I shouldn't fucking put on whatever. Okay. But if, you know, if mm-hmm. I had the choice, I think men are disgusting and I wouldn't, I don't know that I would choose a, ma- a man's body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, I, but I also wouldn't want to present as a woman just yeah. because how, how, you know, how women, you know, are treated, how, yeah. how women go to the bathroom, like, like certain mm-hmm. things, like I'd want to keep, you know, certain things are more convenient as a dude, but I'm still attracted to only women because men repulse me. And so mm-hmm. like, but also like, you know, certain things like you're know, a top or bottom or, or a, a power bottom or like certain of these things, like the description gets so lengthy where you're like, yeah, but we're at work. Nobody needs yeah. to know if you're a top or bottom at work. And I, you know, of course, that's just being trying to be funny because, of course, nobody is saying I'm a top or a yeah. you know, power bottom at work. <laughs> but like some of these things, like you would almost argue that being a lesbian might not be relevant at work but i suppose it only becomes relevant when you get discriminated for it like when people find out that you know jamie is is dating cindy from accounting well they didn't yeah. say they were they didn't put lesbians on their stationery they only became well, lesbians when you fired yeah. them for dating each other 
Well, I think it's relevant insofar as like people assume. I think it becomes relevant because a woman who is more feminine presenting is assumed to be straight. And like, regardless of whether that topic comes up at work, like people just assume that. And so I think that the goal is then to like, that's a situation in which a woman who identifies as feminine would like want people to know, like, or would want people to understand something about her identity that wouldn't become readily apparent. Um, but in the like, work I think, context, would that ever be like, other than cueing in your your coworkers, you know, your female coworkers to hit on you, like, would that be relevant then? Like, like, I don't, like why I would, don't, like, like, who I have sex with, me, like, even if I want to signal to people at work who I want to hit on me, it's an inappropriate period. Like, meaning if I want to make, like, if I come off as a little gay or something and I want mm -hmm. the girls to know that they should hit on me, I don't go around, like, putting, I'm straight on my stationery so the girl at work can hit on me because that's not part of my job description. I don't, yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's relevant at work, but I think, unfortunately, like, people make assumptions and try to put us in boxes even when it's not appropriate. So, like, regardless of whether it's talked about, people are going to assume certain things about someone's sexuality and like that might make that person uncomfortable because you're not having the fuller picture of who that person is and is that, is that important is that important like meaning well, as, far, I, as far as you're saying like i know it's important as a person yeah but should it be important as an employee like should the employee have the right to be like oh you're not getting a full picture of me as a person and, mm -hmm. and they're like well I'm paying you for a job description, and so I don't care if you also art and craft at home. Like, I'm not going to yeah. allow you to, you know, give me a fuller picture of yourself by putting your Etsy art, arts and crafts <laughs> sites on the stationery in the same way where, yeah, you want me to know who you want to have sex with, but it's not relevant to your job description. But I think that sexuality, yes, it's, like, about who you want to have sex with, but, like, sexuality is also part, is also for a lot of people... Um, a proxy for being a part of a certain community and having a certain like life experience that becomes yeah. that becomes about more than just who you're attracted to and also becomes about like who you like where you like to spend your time like what life experiences you've had um, how you grew up like sexuality and gender expression are not are about the, just those things and also about so much more um, and so you're saying also though by like you know saying I'm a lesbian at work there's also a community at work. Yeah, meaning work, work, work isn't just work, I guess you're yeah. saying. And so, so yeah. me saying I'm a lesbian is just acknowledging the obvious, which mm -hmm. is work isn't just work. It's also a culture <laughs> that totally. you know takes certain gender norms and, and sexual norms and kind of plays with them a little bit, even if you're going to a ladies' night. It's like, dude, I'm, I, I actually identify as a female. Like, I present as a male, but yeah. I identify as a female. Like, this ladies' night thing shouldn't be a part of work, but you guys made it a part of work, so let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And then how? Yeah, how is the stuff making its way in your comedy? Like, are you talking about being black and queer on stage? Definitely. Yeah, I would say like that is what I spend most of my time talking about. I think I've found that having opportunities to talk about um, my queerness and my blackness on stage has actually been really he healing for me. Um, I think I've had you know, just like little interactions with people, like people looking at me weird in certain bathrooms or traveling to certain places and having 
feeling scared because I'm a black person, like having the opportunity to sort of process that on stage and make light of that on stage with other people, I have found to be very therapeutic. And I think uh-huh. that, and I think that a lot of audience members, even if they have not had that same experience can like empathize in a certain way um, with yeah. certain things that I've maybe shared about. Yeah. And I mean, but I, I love the, I mean, like you know, if, if you weren't, you know, if you couldn't be talking about these things on stage, mm-hmm. you know, would you have to go to therapy? Do you think, like, do you think that like <laughs> these things are so, you know, you get these reactions from people and they're so just, I don't know, interesting or infuriating or whatever that yeah. you kind of need to talk that if you were not a stand up you know how else could you get this stuff out like you'd be an artist of some sort i would think like you have to express these these things yeah i mean i should say i also am in therapy so i <laughs> <laughs> i love stand it. up stand up doesn't do like the the full picture of making me like a completely um you know whole and person who doesn't need to process things um but yeah i think i do think it does help to have a creative outlet for it because if you're just talking about it in therapy um, or you're just talking about it with like your family or your partner, like it can become very heavy and like daunting. And so I think in addition to that heavy and daunting work, which is for me at least like very necessary and a very um, important part of my healing process, it does help to have something that is a bit lighter um, and that I can laugh about. Yeah, I don't, it should not be heavy at all. That's so funny. Like in, in talking about this stuff and thinking about this stuff, like, yeah, as you know, with comedians and, and stuff like that, it's, it's so funny that these things that we should be talking about are actually heavy to most people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, you're just living like your life perfectly. Like you figured out who you are and what mm-hmm. you want, what you want and how you're going to fucking present. And, yeah. like that, and you're going to draw the right people to you. Like that's why I yeah. like being so open and honest on a podcast and, and why I think people do well to speak their truth on stage because you're attracting your fan base to you. You want to attract the right fans to you. Like why would you live somebody else's truth and, and attract the wrong fan base to you? Mm. Yeah, I've definitely found that I think like when I first started. So I started doing stand-up in Boston, which is a very different um, and smaller stand-up community than the sort of like queer scene that I've found here in Brooklyn. Um, And I feel like, you know, when when you go up on stage in front of a group of people and you're like talking about these experiences, but you feel like, like you're saying, like, ah, like the way that these people are reacting to what I'm saying, like these just aren't my people but because but because like they're the majority then you start to question yourself of being like well am I just not good at this like is this not for me am I doing something wrong but I think um in finding people here and like Mike's here that I feel more comfortable at and like shows that I've done like it is cool to be like oh yes like there are people who are hungry for this kind of honesty and openness and vulnerability in comedy um And it's cool to see that other people are also doing that really well. Um, 
and yeah. feel like I can be a part of that community. So that, that, that's that's all. Yeah, that's all people identify with is vulnerability and humanity, and the fact totally. like at the beginning you probably were thinking, okay, is there is there an order I can say these things indifferently that this Boston crowd will laugh? Yeah. Or right. am I really just needing to find a different audience? And then you're like, well, does that mean I'm niche? Does that mean you know? And I think I talked about this earlier today on a different episode. Like, should I sand down certain edges so that I'm acceptable in all rooms? And it's like, no. If your niche is big enough, and you know, of course, you can't reduce queer to niche but but meaning like if if it's big enough and i think it is not just because there's lgbtqia or whatever it is mm-hmm. but everybody empathizes with you're raised one way and guess what i'm not that way like either i'm not that way or i don't want to be that way mm-hmm. um and so here here's what i am and so now you're going to have to deal with what i am instead of who you want who you raise me to be and i yeah. think like and that's just people like with immigrant parents or whatever they have the same type of thing like you know totally. albanian comedy leonardo joni is like i didn't know that people related to this until i had jamaican people come up after the set and be like that's my mom yeah you know and that's I'm just such like, a wow. good point yeah and so yeah. it's like I think people can empathize with, you know, living their truth and the fact that that might be uncomfortable to some people who raised you to live a different truth. So, so was it kind yeah. of an aha moment to be like, I, you know, I'm trying this little hellraiser puzzle of changing this joke around, um, you know, saying this joke a different way, uh, calling myself this instead of this. Did you kind of have that early on? And, and what was the aha moment? Was it when you moved to New York City and found those mics? Or did you kind of have the realization in Boston that had you moving to New York City? Um, I think I think for me, a big part of it was just confidence and like being more comfortable on stage. Because um, like you say, I think in addition to people responding really well to vulnerability and honesty that a comic has, I think people also respond well to confidence. Like if you're watching a standup and they seem not sure about a joke they're about to tell as an audience member, you're probably going to be like, well, should I laugh at this? And it's like, (laughs) right. But it's like, if you, if I can go on stage and like, sort of give the audience permission. I I think especially with things like identity, like race and queerness, like some audiences need to feel permission from the comic that like, okay, this is a joke I'm supposed to laugh at. And (laughs) I think, I think when the, when the comic can present in a way that's confident and like sort of give the audience that permission, um, then it just, so I think for me, that's what happened is like just being up there more, having a couple of like, good mics in Boston and just realizing like, oh, when I, when I almost like stopped caring and just appeared more <laughs> confident, yes. you know, it, things went better for me. And then I moved to New York because my partner was starting residency here. So that was, <laughs> so that's, so that was like, that was, that happened to be very lucky for me. Cause now yeah. I kind of like can't imagine doing stand up anywhere else. Um, yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Like who knew that owning your shit would, uh, <laughs> would <kind laughs> right? of give- give people permission to laugh at what you're comfortable with. It's like, no, you're not laughing at me. There's something that happened here that's kind of funny. And because I own my shit, I'm giving you permission to laugh. I love that. And so can we expect this stuff at uh, work night? When's your next work night? W-E-R-K. When's the next show? Absolutely. Uh, So the next work night will be on Sunday, August 9th at 8 p.m. on Instagram Live. Um, So follow us there. And yeah, I will do... I will do some stuff. We've got two amazing comics coming on that I'm working on getting. And um, yeah, we'll have uh, some drag as well. So it'll be a lot of yes. fun. A lot of, 
a lot of people living their truths and owning their shit, which is yes, full kind circle. Of what this has become all about. Yeah. Oh, she, she, dude, she, you know, Julia Jeffries does the callback. She's a master at her craft, <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, and we will check that out. Work night. And it's August 9th at 8 p.m. Instagram Live, and it sounds like I can just kind of mix it up. There's no code. There's no permission. Like I can, you know, is there a place for me to chat during the show? How how am I able to like let you guys know that you're you're doing you know, you're being hilarious? Like yeah, you know, so is my just... is my mic on or do i do i tweet do i chat emojis or what do i do um you can just type in the comments so there will be like a running stream of comments and yeah you can just write in there we we try to be as interactive as we can and yeah it's a lot of fun yeah, as you can, because these people are working hard. It's drag and comedy. They're working their asses off. Uh, yeah, So they might lot. not be able to chat you back, so just sit there and laugh. That sounds great. Julia Jeffries, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me.